welcome, welcome to Not a Hoax, Not a Dream. I'm your host, Ben Rathbone, recording this bonus episode from within a pocket dimension created by a child with near-omnipotent powers he has yet to comprehend. Look, I know none of us are super happy to be here, but we can't really blame the kid. It's not his fault. Yeah, the bigwigs up top want us to think it's his fault, but we really know catastrophes like this are the result of high-level executives meddling in creative projects to try to reach unrealistic sales figures. Anyway, while we're here, I figure we could talk about some comic books. Normally on this podcast, we talk about a character's first appearance, death, and return to life. We'll be doing that very thing next week when we cover the mighty Thor. The thing is, there's another time Thor kind of died and came back that took place before the death we'll be talking about in that episode. When you listen to that, you'll notice it won't be mentioned or even hinted at, because it is the stuff of taboo. A dark time in comic book history seldom spoken of, buried deep in the memories of those who lived through it. Two intertwined stories, the names of which haunt readers to this day. The first one is... Onslaught. Okay. Onslaught is an extremely powerful psychic aberration, one part evil repressed shitty Charles Xavier, and one part weird mental parasite thing that was growing in Magneto's brain as a result of him being re-aged after turning into a baby. Or something. If you've ever seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, and remember the part where Shredder gets oozed and turned into the big mutated version of himself called Super Shredder? Well, think that, but instead of Shredder, it's Magneto, and that's what Onslaught looks like. So, yeah. Once he comes to life, he first starts fucking with the X-Men, but then quickly becomes the big bad of 1996 Marvel Comics. Usually there's this unwritten rule that the X-Men and the rest of the Marvel Universe kind of deal with their own separate shit, but Onslaught breaks that tradition hard by kidnapping Mr. Fantastic and an invisible woman's son in order to harness his reality-altering powers, and then unleashing an army of Sentinels on New York. So everyone's pissed off at this dude. The thing is, they can't do much about it because Onslaught is unreasonably powerful. How does Thor factor into all of this? Well, let's find out in, uh, well, a bunch of comics. First, Thor, number 500, by W.M. Mesner-Loebs, Mike Diodato Jr., Jonathan Babcock, Marie Javins, and Malibu. Asgard gets destroyed by a bunch of frost giants, I think. I don't know, I kind of skimmed this one. Uncanny X-Men, number 336, by Scott Lobdell, Joe Maderera, Townsend, Dell, V. Russell, and Milgram, R.S. slash Comicraft slash K.F., and Bucalato slash TB. Man, Onslaught in general is a mess, but this singular issue is awesome, mostly probably because of Joe Maderera's art. It friggin' pops. I reread this about a thousand times as a kid, so let's see if I can remember everything off the top of my head. Franklin Richards, the aforementioned son of Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman, is alone inside of Onslaught. Not like in his stomach or anything, but like in this dimension kind of thing that's inside Onslaught. Like metaphorically inside of Onslaught. That's not exactly right either. Let's just move on. The boy comes across Charles Xavier, unconscious, who is also inside of Onslaught. Kind of whatever. Xavier tries to comfort the child and give him courage as best he can. Meanwhile, Hawkeye, Iceman, and the Human Torch are all hanging out. I forget exactly what they're doing, but in this era of comics, Human Torch's dialogue bubbles look like they're on fire, and Iceman's look like they're frozen over. And that's pretty cool, okay? 90s comics weren't all bad. Fight me. They all go to the Baxter building, where there's a bunch of superheroes in beds healing from battling Onslaught and Onslaught's sentinels. 
Iron Man wants to get up and work on psionic armor, but the thing is like, hey man, take it easy. Then there's Joseph, who's like a clone of Magneto, but at this point we all just think he's Magneto with amnesia. He's uh, in this issue. Gambit and Rogue are having some kind of relationship conversation, because that's what they do, and they're not the only ones having a conversation. Hovering over the burning New York City are Uatu the Watcher and N. Saba Nur, aka Apocalypse. Their conversation isn't about their relationship, I think. But like I said, I mostly read this as a kid, so maybe there's some subtext I missed. What they definitely are talking about is apocalypse shit, like lowercase a apocalypse. Uppercase a apocalypse is betting on the world taking a dive, while Oato believes in the heroes. Maybe. Honestly, I don't really remember what they were talking about, but they're both here, and that's kind of cool. Joseph decides that if Onslaught is supposedly part of Magneto, he's responsible for destroying the creature, and so he heads off to do so. A bunch of other comics characters join him, like Cable, Cyclops, Storm, Invisible Woman, and our guy Thor. Cable psionically enhances Joseph's magnetic powers so he can make a crack in Onslaught's armor, and then Invisible Woman enlarges the crack with her invisible force field powers. Cyclops then completely removes his visor and unleashes a super powerful optic blast directly at the vulnerable spot. Onslaught staggers a bit, but is like, you finished, bro? And Cyclops is like, I don't know, Thor, we finished? Thor says nay, and with the might of Molnir, flies straight through Onslaught's body, nabbing Charles Xavier. They all think that's a wrap, since Onslaught basically sprang from Xavier's mind, but the big bad sticks around, for reasons, and is even more powerful, for reasons. He kicks everyone out of New York. Thor, number 502, by Bill Mesner Loebs, Mike Diodato Jr., Diodato Studios, Jay Babcock, Marie Javins, and Malibu. Thor's hanging out outside of New York, barbecuing with this other dude that's kind of like Thor but isn't. Hell shows up and is like, hey Thor, you're gonna die soon, so if you don't want to do that, you can come hang out with me forever instead. Thor thinks about it, but is like, nah. Onslaught, Marvel Universe. By Scott Labdell, Mark Wade, Adam Kubert, Joe Bennett, Dan Green, Art Thibbert, Tim Townsend, Jesse Delperdang, Richard Starkings Comicraft, Steve Buccalato, and Team Bouquet. Pretty much every superpowered person in Marvel Comics shows up to stop Onslaught once and for all. It's a shit show. Basically, they finally kill the bastard when Jean Grey erases every shred of Bruce Banner from the Hulk, so Hulk can go all out. But even after Hulk destroys Onslaught's physical form, Onslaught's energy form sticks around, and is equally annoying and stupidly powerful. So Thor is like, you know what, I'll jump into him, and absorb all that energy into myself, and then y'all can kill me. He gives it a go, but everyone realizes that even Thor isn't strong enough to absorb all of Onslaught, so every fucking Marvel superhero has to do it. Everybody. They all jump in. Except, uh, no mutants, because the X titles are selling just fine, so we don't need to reboot them. In fact, mutants can't jump into Onslaught, because if even one does, it'll make him more powerful. Yeah, that's a ticket. Also, Spider-Man, you're, you're good, you can stay. You know what, you don't even have to show up. Now that I think about it, you're like a clone right now, so just stay home. Oh shit, is Scarlet Witch a mutant at this point in time? She already jumped in. Shit, shit. Uh, well, her hexy power shielded her mutancy or something, so it's fine. Adam Kubert is going to draw this really good, right? Almost every non-mutant superhero on Marvel Comics Earth jumping into Onslaught's naked energy form does the trick, and we're finally done with the guy. It only took the sacrifice of, like, everyone. Except not really, and this is why I didn't choose this for the full Thor episode. 
As the narration says, to defeat the greatest threat the world has known, the heroes were prepared to sacrifice themselves. Their presence scorched from the very earth. But one small boy, with hope enough for the world entire, would not allow this. As humanity's brightest faded from existence, mother and son grasped for each other one last time. In that moment, time and space froze, reality warped, and, perhaps, hope was reborn. So there you have it. Right in the comic where Thor and company supposedly sacrificed themselves, we're told that, no. Actually, Franklin Richards is using his reality manipulation powers to do something. And that something is the other story that haunts many veteran comics readers. Heroes Reborn. I did want to talk a bit about Heroes Reborn in this episode, but considering this is a bonus episode, I've already gotten a little carried away. So I'll do another bonus episode two weeks from now where I talk about the market forces and inside ball behind the relaunch, summarize Thor's return in Avengers number one, and explain how it's simultaneously not as bad as people remember, and also somehow worse. Next week, I'll be joined by Joe Koloski, the Snack King, for a full episode about Thor. You can watch him cook tasty meals on Twitch, Snack King 486. Until then, love you all. Bye.